Have you ever found yourself in an internet debate with many angry atheists? Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking to Cowboy Bob Sorensen on the topic of logical fallacies and also angry atheists. Welcome to the Youth Apologetics Training Podcast. about today's podcast. Yeah, I've got some music now. Now, for anybody who's curious, uh, that's High Flight Society. Uh, Kind of an interesting little background. That particular song, I was listening to that song. The song is called Declaration. I was driving down the road one day when uh, listening to that song when this podcast ministry was actually birthed in my mind. So as I was looking at the different royalty-free music online and this and that, I kept coming back to that song because it's so appropriate. So I ended up contacting uh, the band High Flight Society and they approved it. They said, yeah, go ahead, use it. So that is uh, who, who makes that song. Great band, a uh, couple good albums. And so anyway... Today we're going to be talking to Cowboy Bob Sorensen. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about logical fallacies. Uh, just so you know, Cowboy Bob Sorensen, everybody calls him Cowboy Bob, uh, but we'll, we'll let him explain exactly why that is. Uh, his website, PiltdownSuperman.com. <laughs> that's right, PiltdownSuperman.com. Uh, that's his website. One of his other websites, or at least a website that he posts on very often, is uh, Stormbringers Thunder. Also, you might recognize uh, uh, Bob Sorensen for his project, the Question Evolution Project, or Question Evolution Day. Uh, We'll be asking him about that as well. So with that, let's go ahead and welcome Cowboy Bob Sorensen. Hey, welcome to the Youth Apologetics Training Podcast. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so friends, today we're going to be talking about logical fallacies and also uh, uh, atheists, these angry atheists. Many of you have uh, taken part in trying to talk with uh, atheists online and are met with ridicule, uh, ad hominem attacks, uh, so many things happen, so many logical fallacies are thrown at you at once, you get steamrolled, and you have no idea how to respond. Today we're going to talk to Bob Sorensen about logical fallacies and how to talk to these people. Also, when to uh, um, attempt to witness to them, and when to realize maybe this isn't a good time. Maybe uh, I'm wasting my time in casting pearls before swine. So, uh, Bob First of all, what is a logical fallacy, and how are they often used in creation-evolution debates? Well, unfortunately, I need to get a running start at this and give you a little bit of background. I take a presuppositional apologetics approach. Now, I, I like to use plain words, but sometimes when you get into this, the nature of the beast is that you've got to use the expensive words. And <laughs> presuppositional apologetics seems to be the domain for... Uh, reform theology. I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not Arminian. I'm not going to saddle myself with labels on either one of those, but I've learned quite a bit from this, and presuppositional apologetics is uh, understood by 
quite a misunderstood by quite a few people because one thing the precepts themselves don't present it right and there are various schools of thought in it and sometimes they'll even argue oh you're not presuppositional enough to please me you're not a real presuppositionalist oh really well let's just cut through the nonsense and get to the point and it's uh, there are some people who will actually say, they'll come up and say, where did Cain get his wife? And they'll get a response, something like, repent and believe, and then you'll eventually understand. Yeah, somebody took his unhelpful pills that day, because <laughs> sometimes you just need to give an answer. And I present things in a presuppositional framework. And see, we all have our presuppositions are ultimate starting point for our worldview and the uh, suppose an atheist comes up to you and says prove to me that God exists let's argue about this on neutral ground well there's no such thing as neutral ground what that means is that you are going to deny what the Bible says you're going to admit that it's not true because it says that they are lost they're at enmity with God, and they hate God, and all have done evil. So, okay, let's pretend God doesn't exist, and then I'm going to prove to you that he does exist, even though Romans 1 says that you know he exists. So I'm not going to play that game. Right. Meanwhile, they are arguing from their naturalistic, materialistic presuppositions themselves. So there's no such thing as neutral ground. And the famous presuppositionalist Greg Bonson said about neutral ground, they're not, you shouldn't be. Don't right. argue about it in that way. And so they have their naturalistic presuppositions, and we start with the Bible, and everyone has the ultimate starting point. And one thing that they hate about me and a lot of precepts, is that a real word? <laughs> it is now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how do you greet a presuppositionalist? Presup, dude. <laughs> Presup, dog. Yeah. <laughs> and they will use their uh, worldviews, and we question them. We'll make them think. They'll come along and just make an arbitrary assertion. As to how do you know that? And so we rattle their cage. Now, so I come at this with that kind of a foundation that the Bible is true, and I'm not going to compromise on it or put it aside. But I don't have to preach the hardcore gospel every time I'm going to give some kind of an answer. I'm going to keep it in the framework. Logical okay. fallacies are tricky beasts. They have a... Uh, how do I put this? They, they <laughs> get blurred. Uh, yes, they do. They tend to get. It, it, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between one fallacy and the next because they'll kind of blur together a little bit. Yes, and sometimes people will say, I'll, "I'll point one out and say that's a fallacy," and say, "Well, we're not in a debate format, so that's not really a fallacy." Well, uh, in an absolute technical sense, depending, it might be true, but it still has the same effect of trying to negate the other person's position, and. Essentially, a logical fallacy is an error in reasoning, so it doesn't really matter where you're, if you're in a debate or just in a discussion or even your own thinking. And I want to encourage 
Christians to get a handle on this and don't be intimidated by logical fallacies. Oh, really? Do I have to take a big course in logic? No. I've got a, one of my sites has a series that I've put together on these, and they're considered, most of them are considered informal, and there are some that are formal, and there's about three of them, but we don't really encounter many of them. But one, how do I, where do I want to go with this? Do you want the next, so I'm just start listing some? Well, yeah, yeah. What, what would be like uh, some of the favorite fallacies that atheists use? Well, atheists and unfortunately their useful idiots, the theistic evolutionists and old earthers. Okay, useful idiots, he's being insulting. No, a useful idiot was a term that came out in... That was Nazi Germany, wasn't it? Uh, it was actually for supporters of Joseph Stalin. Okay. And the Soviets yes. called the Americans who thought Uncle Joe was a good guy useful idiots. In other words, let them go and they'll just support us and not get in our way. So these theistic evolutionists are being used by the atheists because they joined forces in attacking and ridiculing uh, biblical creationists got to interrupt myself right there the term young earth creationist it's a bit of a red flag and i want and i've agreed with what i've been taught to be a little more specific i am a biblical creationist because taking the bible seriously into its logical conclusion it shows a young earth well, amen just a little nugget for you there yeah but one of the first ones is Ad hominem. Now, most of them oh, yeah. have lost their Latin names, which is a good thing. I can't pronounce a couple of them. And <laughs> ad hominem is basically just an, an insult or some kind. It's called, it means to the man, and it's a personal attack. And people will misuse it. Hey, that's an ad hom fallacy. No, that's my conclusion based on all of the evidence that you've given me that uh, you really <laughs> cannot reason properly. And so I've had some of those. I mean, sometimes something look like a fallacy, but it's a conclusion. So they're tricky. So it's not that good a thing to go out and just point it out. Hey, you committed this, that, and the other fallacy. For one thing, you might get them wrong. But the other thing is it just interrupts the flow. Now, I... I think I am original with making one up. It's the prove-it fallacy. You're trying to have a conversation with somebody and say there, are, there, is a, there is abundant evidence, scientific evidence, that the earth is young. Prove it! Documentation or it didn't happen. Those kinds of buzzwords. Now, they just keep stopping the thing and you can't even have a conversation. Well, I move on. I'm not going to be interested in that. Right. But let's see, the, uh, there's uh, circular reasoning. Oh, yeah. That's where people will just assume something is true to prove it. And in a way, it's true. Because the fallacy that's not a fallacy, because you're assuming it's true, so you're going to prove it, and then you can't really find uh, an error in reasoning in it. But you notice that uh, atheists, evolutionists, and cultists use circular reasoning. I had a go-around with a cultist earlier that was acting just like an atheist, and 
misrepresenting, lying, and everything else. I couldn't tell the difference. But we just get these people who will assume something is true and then argue from it, and then they will use that and put it into an ad hominem. These things blend again. So they're going to attack you by assuming something's true. Um, yeah, you know, a classic good example of circular reasoning uh, is is the whole idea of, uh, you know, if you go to <clears throat> somebody who studies bones and you ask them, how do they know the age of the bones? They're going to say, well, we, we know the age by the rocks they're found in. And you go to somebody in the geologic department, you ask them, how, how do you know the age of the rocks? And they say, well, we, date, we know that the age of the rocks is this or that because of the index fossils that we find in them. And so there's a circular reasoning that goes on. Uh, and I, uh, that one always cracks me up. Yes, that's one of the classics that a lot of creationists like to bring up. And like I mentioned, a lot of these are blur and things, but I, sh I should point out that there's one fallacy that I think is almost an umbrella. It's the red herring. Mm, oh, yeah. Red herring. I like mine with lemon Tasty. sauce. But it's <laughs> it's a distraction. I understand that, that one of the possible origins of the term was when the dogs are on the scent, somebody would get herring and drag it around so that the dogs would lose the scent and follow the fish. Uh, it may or may not be true, but the the thing is that a red herring is a distraction. You wind up talking about something else and not sticking to the point. And you watch these discussions on Facebook or the YouTube comments or Twitter or wherever else, and all of a sudden, like, we're talking about genetics and then it's way over there about the age of the earth or prove to me that god exists sure or or suddenly a bible contradiction is thrown in your face they always try to sneak in a side shot that has nothing to do with the conversation at hand which uh, sometimes you take the bait and then you never end up making your point because now you're following this other trail now you've completely missed it. And Jehovah's Witnesses are really good at that, too. Uh, as soon as you start getting them on one thing, boy, they'll change the subject so fast, they'll get you distracted, and next thing you know, you're following another trail. Um, yes. And I'm sure people will just do this in conversation. I mean, one thing leads to another, but atheists really hate it when you try to, as the term is, hold their feet to the fire and keep them on topic. And think, we are talking about this. Don't give me your excuses as to why you hate God and then tell me that you're a free thinker. Because <laughs> they can't. <laughs> okay, prove to me God does not exist. And, by the way, they also, when they want to have the proof that God exists, and if you're going to, oh boy, I'm getting ahead of myself, Let's go to the answer-don't-answer answer strategy. Answer a fool according to his folly or don't answer a fool according to his folly. Those verses are put yeah. together for a purpose. And one mm -hmm. is, no, you don't answer him according to his folly so you won't be like him. In other words, just argue, yes, it is, no, it isn't, and argue on his terms, on his turf. And so you can answer him according to his folly 
so he's not wise in his own eyes, by saying, I don't accept what you said, but just for the sake of argument, okay, you want me to use the scientific method to prove that God exists, but God is not material, so that is called the category error. And besides, what color litmus paper do you use to test for God's existence, red or blue? You know, it's just... (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. So these things will just run one into another, and you have the category error. That's, uh, I believe it's one of the formal logical fallacies, but it's very common. And still, that's one of the distractions they throw at you. But uh, I'd like to point out that a lot of these times, as, as you've mentioned, uh, my term for it is that they come along and they want to use bullying and intimidation. You're talking about the age of the earth, and then they fire off all these other reasons why they hate God, and, and yet he doesn't exist at the same time. So they want to bully and intimidate, and they a lot of atheists are flat-out control freaks. They want to dominate, and then you hold their feet to the fire and say, stick to the topic, this is what we're talking about, and then you put poke holes in their reasoning, and then they really get angry. Now, one time I was in a uh, discussion, and some atheist came along and says, we're smarter than you because we're atheists. Okay, that's uh, really illogical. And he gave a bunch of things in there, and he said, okay, I'm just a stupid, dumb Christian, and yet you did one, two, and three. I named the three fallacies he did in his few sentences, and said, must hurt a genius that's so much smarter than me to have me poke holes in his what he considers reasoning. And <laughs> but go ahead. Well, just that uh, they're bullies. They want to put us on the defensive. And one of the ways they do this is another fallacy, and that's assertions. And they're couple of variations on this one they'll just state something and expect you to believe it and repeated assertion over and over and eventually you're supposed to believe it and sure one of the things to watch out for in a worldview whether it's atheists or cultists or anything else watch for arbitrariness they'll just make these arbitrary assertions and then um then we're off to the races and I've got one guy, I call him Haywire the Stalker, and he has been on me for, what, 2012, I think he started. And he's always going, you're a liar. See, he's British. And so, okay, <laughs> how do you, so uh, how? why am I a liar? I've proved you're a liar. Okay, and how did he prove it? By constantly saying it. And now... And and I want to jump from this into one of the most important things. Uh, People need to write this down unless they're driving. And that is definitions. Absolutely important. Like, what is evolution? Well, I've evolved. Uh, So have computers. So have cars. So evolution has several different definitions, and sometimes you have to specify Okay, are we talking about molecules to man evolution, the general theory of Darwinian evolution, that kind of thing? Just you nail that down, 
And this guy is like so many of these others. They have defined, and then I'm going to throw in another one. Sorry if I'm going too fast, but... Oh, you're fine. Equivocation. Yep. It's a dirty trick. It's a bait and switch. And they'll have things with different meanings. It's uh, a fallacy of ambiguity where something is a bit vague, and then they'll put it down into this, and they'll say, evolution is science. Uh, evolution is a belief system that uses scientific methods to try to put together a worldview about the past. But evolution is not science per se. But then they'll just insist, evolution is science. You deny evolution, therefore you are a science denier. Oh, that's sneaky. It's also that is sneaky. And an ad hominem. See, they're running together now and doing the, the bait and switch. And the, oh, let's see. Natural selection. It's something that was proposed by a creationist. His name, I think, is Edward Blythe. And he said natural selection is a way of preserving the species. The, the unfit get weeded out. Darwin took that and ran with it and said, okay, something's going to change, therefore it's going to change into something somewhere other. Ain't happening. Right. And so we're going to say, yes, here's natural selection in action. We've got the little variations. Oh, look, a new species, depending on your definition of species. Because even scientists disagree with this. They'll you put something out and say, hey, look, these viruses, viri, and they'll say they'll argue about whether or not it's a new species or fruit fly or whatever so it's an arbitrary or it's been something that's been defined by scientists and sometimes they disagree with it but even if it's agreed okay we have a new species of uh, galapagos iguana if it's a new species fine and then somebody will say aha you see evolution is true Therefore, microbes to microbiologists of evolution is a fact, and you just admitted it. Oh, really? <sighs> and, and you put into that, that you don't put words into my mouth. Right, right. Just, just because <clears throat> certain traits uh, are inherited from the parents and certain changes will happen with the offspring does not mean you're going to evolve into something completely different. Uh, you can breed dogs, and you can end up with all kinds of different types of dogs, short hair, long hair, you know, short tails, long tails, all these different things, different colors and uh, sizes, but they're still dogs. They're, they didn't evolve to a cat or a cow or, or a moose. You know, it's still a dog. And, and that's the funny little equivocation that happens there when you start equivocating uh, you know, that micro evolution, I hate even using it that way, and macro evolution, where you're actually changing the kind of animal. Now, isn't macro evolution something to do with various kinds of pasta? Oh, no, I'm thinking of macaroni. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, straighten myself out here. But yes, we get these uh, little things, and they'll do a bait and switch, and somebody was insisting to me that. I just agreed with him that evolution is true because of his little game with words. Unfortunately, a lot of these people, um, I've come up with Darwin's drones, and I learned from Chris Roseborough of Fighting for the Faith. 
he used the term Darwinoids or Darwinistas. <laughs> and they have yeah, Darwinistas because these people will go out and they'll patrol the web and they'll seek, trying to seek out and destroy creation science because it's evil and to negate what we have to say by intimidating and bullying us. And if we call them on their fallacies, and that puts the brakes on real quick. But meanwhile, they'll go back and lie to their friends and say, boy, I showed that stupid, dumb creatard. And, yeah, they really use that word. Right. And so that we can just get these, get the definitions nailed down and keep them on topic. I'm hammering some of these things right now because I want people to catch on that this stuff is important with the definitions and equivocation. Amen. Um, what about uh, appeal to motive? That's funny. That was next on my notes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we have the same notes. <laughs> Cue scary music. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Now, appeal to motive is, okay, let's go back to that Haywire the Stalker. He, was, he constantly does that. He won't answer my claims because he's scared and he knows that I'm telling the truth and he's a liar. Okay, so somehow an atheist or agnostic, he, he's actually defined himself as both in the same comment, so he doesn't know where he is. Oh, good grief. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> they will use these appeal to motives to uh, say what's in your heart and soul. Somehow these unbelievers have magic powers, I guess. But you don't know what I'm thinking or why I'm doing something. Now, sometimes logical fallacies are not entirely fallacious. If you have a good reason to suspect somebody's motive, uh, then it should be brought forth and examined and shown, okay, you want higher gas prices, but you're also an employee of a major oil company or the people who are proving that cigarettes are not harmful were working for the Philip Morris Tobacco Company. Think, okay, sure. that might be a reason to doubt you, but just to throw something out saying, well, you're a liar for Jesus? I hate that. Oh. And some of these other things that just, this is why you're doing it. Well, that's an appeal to motive. And that's something, people do this left and right in daily conversation until you do not know somebody's motives unless you really know the person. Then you might have an idea of why something's happening. I remember when I was a kid, like, oh, he thinks he's so big. But we didn't know that. We just wanted to badmouth somebody. <laughs> yeah, I've had people accuse me of, of doing it for the money, which always feels fantastic when I can respond with, actually, I don't accept donations. I, I'm doing this for free. <laughs> but yeah, and I've, I've gotten a debate with an atheist once, once who tried to convince me that Ray Comfort was not a Christian and that he was doing it solely for the money. He was just out for the money and he was getting rich off of Christians. <laughs> You know, and it, these guys, yeah, they, they believe that they've got the magical ability to know your mind and your heart and what you're actually trying to do. Well, uh, we can use that to springboard into the double standards. There you go. Uh, okay, somebody will accuse Ken Scam 
of just doing it for the money. I've heard him, seen him call that in print. Uh. And I was one of the people that actually paid in advance to get a copy of his Ham Nye debate on video. Meanwhile, and I knew this was going to happen, it's been released and it's publicly available. Anyone can see it free. And the answers in Genesis material, a lot of that is free. A lot of stuff from Creation Ministries International is free online. Their web articles, all of that stuff is. You don't have to pay to join the web. But meanwhile, the double standard is they will complain that these ministries have to raise money to print books, pay for the website, and all that sort of thing. And they have a few people on staff. Many of them are Ph.D. scientists and others. And yet Richard Dawkins has fundraisers, and you have to pay to be a a member of his circles. There are various levels. Uh, uh, I don't know the term. One was the... (laughs) It's like sustaining, but the highest level is quite expensive. But no, they don't say a word about the atheists that are getting, well, for that matter, Dawkins is one of the wealthiest men in Britain. But there's not a peep about that. But they're going to complain about the money that is being generated by the creationists. And I've been accused of making getting rich off it, too. So I made a couple of things using these sign generators I said, here are the office buildings for the Question Evolution Project. And I posted them on April 1st. And if somebody <laughs> clicks on the picture itself, it'll go to the sign generator. And I said, if you want to donate, click here. And it's a graphic of a laughing cat or something like that. So, oh, and I also poked at him one time, and I, I think you heard this one. I said that back when Creflo Dollar was begging for money to get a new jet, then he stopped. I said, that's because the Question Evolution Project at our auxiliary headquarters had a spare jet like he wanted, so I gave it to him (laughs) so that God would bless me. (laughs) So I'm going after the faith creatures and also the critics who say I'm making money, and like, okay, here's a little satire for you. Oh, boy. Oh, it gets out of control. Yeah. Well, what about, uh, let's see, uh, the fallacy of exclusion or, or suppression of evidence? That's something also that they will pick on something and they will ignore contrary evidence. Now, I just worked out a post uh, yesterday that the creationists are the ones doing the work on the dinosaur soft tissues. When they were found, the evolutionists would brush it aside, ignore it, saying, no, it cannot be soft tissue. I'm arguing from my presuppositions that dinosaurs have been extinct for 65 million years or so. So they didn't bother. Uh, Also, there's carbon-14 in coal and diamonds, and not just a couple of isolated places that are suspect, but around the world. And they had to be dragged kicking and screaming. And sometimes it was uh, creationists that were initiating the research. So evolution was hindering actual scientific progress. And they were suppressing the evidence and ignoring contrary evidence that would conflict with their worldviews. And you look at some of the information coming out about Pluto, 
and oh boy, that looks like a young planet. And there, I'm waiting for the excuse mill to crank up, but some of these people are admitting this looks young and we don't know how to explain it. And it fits completely in with the biblical creationist worldview. Same with the carbon-14 and various places that it, quote, should not be. And the dinosaur soft tissues, that's a, a real big stench in the nostrils of the evolutionists. And Oh, yeah. And yet, uh, okay, you're not going to do it. Creation Research Society is busy doing it. And so they're getting their qualified credential scientists in it. You want to go to the genetic fallacy? Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> that fits right here because there are, okay, I had one guy saying, creationists are not scientists. So I gave him a link. Okay, here are some of the known creationist scientists who uh, believe in a literal recent literal six-day recent creation and here are their credentials and they didn't get it from Billy Bob's Barbecue and Gravel Pit and Seminary University. They got it from a real credentialed university, not a link mill. Or link mill, that's some of these so-called creation science ministries on Facebook, but from a diploma mill. And he still right. rejected that. <clears throat> no, creationists cannot be scientists. <clears throat> so we, I finally nailed him down, go back to definitions, and, okay, in your view, what is a scientist? He said, evolutionary biologist. Okay. So evolutionary biologist, and he, I guess that rules out a whole bunch of other people who are qualified scientists by his definition. Another form of genetic fallacy is when somebody will ask for evidence and say, okay, here's this link from Dr. Jonathan Sarfati at Creation Ministries International. No, he's a creationist. He's biased. I'm not going to read it. Okay, <laughs> you're rejecting it because of the genetic fallacy. Oh, i got to tell you this, that I... I pointed out to somebody on Twitter, this, you're using the genetic fallacy because you're rejecting it because of the source. He says, what do you mean genetic fallacy? We're not talking about genetics. <laughs> okay, uh, you're one of those people that's smarter than me. You're going to show me how stupid I am, and you don't even know your own stuff. <laughs> but you know, ironically for these unbelievers, genetics is based on the word genesis, or related and so rejecting it because of its source. And I think there's, I'm not sure if I'm right on this, if genetic fallacy is the same as affirming something because of its source, but they're closely related anyway. Oh, interesting. Just like people will say, we're smart, we're smarter than you, we're free thinkers, uh, we're, we believe in reality, because we are atheists. Okay, they have a whole bunch of arbitrary assertions that they reject the supernatural, they use materialism and naturalism. So they're using a genetic fallacy to affirm their position against us. Now, sometimes the genetic fallacy isn't quite a fallacy. 
if you have good reason to doubt something, there are certain places online or news sources that I'm very reluctant to look at because they have a bad reputation of being heavily biased against Christians, creationists, and political things. They might be politically liberal. I'm not. Uh, Some people would say, oh, I'm not going to trust Fox News because it's just a conservative propaganda point. We'll tell that to the Democrats that work for Fox News. But, right. you know, it's just the same kind of thing. You're going to reject it out of hand because of the source. Use caution. And make sure you're not doing it yourself unless you have good reason. I've seen some links. What do you think about this thing? I think, uh, I'm not even going to comment on it because I know where it came from and I have yet to see something that doesn't uh, get my dander up. From that site. Interesting. What about uh, an appeal to emotion, or uh, some people call it the argumentum ad misericordium? Isn't a misericordium one of those things that you squeeze back and forth and you play it? (laughs) Okay. And it causes much misery, yes. First weird Al Yanko that can do it to good effect, but anyway. <laughs> now, appeal to motive is, and the the other one, Missourium, is sort of like, uh, feel sorry for me. But, um, and, and they will uh, do a lot of manipulation, emotional manipulation, and they'll use all of the other fallacies to try to get you to shut up. Because I believe the overwhelming, overriding goal for a lot of these atheists and evolutionists is to negate what we have to say. If they can't do it through legislation like the Freedom from Religion oh. Foundation and some of these clowns. Sure. And because I call them clowns because they are not consistent. They don't go after anything but biblical Christians. And I'd like to see them take on the Mohammedans and some of these others. Let's let's see you be consistent. Oh, good grief, boy! Isn't that the truth? They're they're so quick to scream and shout at the Christians, but uh, you know, and it's just like uh, these uh, uh, feminist groups and, and the like, uh, or or the pro homosexual groups. They'll be screaming and hollering at the Christians. All the Christian is saying is, "I disagree with your behavior. It's sinful." But they will not say a word to the Muslims, uh, you know, you treat women badly or this or that about homosexuality when the the Muslims are lobbying uh, homosexuals' heads off and throwing them off the roof of buildings. They won't say a word to them. (laughs) Why? Why is that? Well, for that matter, I haven't seen any of these groups or even atheists. It's exceptionally rare if you're going to see one policing their own and saying, hey, dude, you're way out of line with this. Let's keep it civil and keep to the point. Or if they do, later on they'll join in. But <laughs> right. But if they can't shut us down through legislation, they'll try to negate us through intimidation and emotion. So much of this stuff goes after emotion. They'll go after you your know, pride and your ego. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and you know what's kind of stepping aside from the atheist forums and stuff for a moment? Uh, 
Have you not noticed that just about everything that's happening politically, uh, all the laws that are being passed as of lately, they all contain, all the arguments for them contain appeals to emotion. It seems to me like it's the primary form of uh, arguing that is put forth by the current administration and those working for them is to, you know, some kind of an appeal to emotion. It it blows me away. Well, it was said that the Supreme Court ruling on uh, homosexual, quote, marriage is that it was written as if it was a Facebook post because it was not looking legal. It had nothing to do with the Constitution. It was all appealing to motive. Oh, we've got to allow people to love. Well, love's got nothing to do with it. So let's get to that point. But anyway, right. um, that's one of my biggest things. And uh, I wish I'd said this at the beginning, that learning about logical fallacies, people can use this in everyday life, especially in the political propaganda seasons, that people are going to use fallacies and work on your emotions. Now, I had one guy who was... Uh, a previous stalker, he seems to have lost interest in me finally, but he was insisting that I come on his podcast Skype show where basically a Christian is ambushed by a bunch of angry atheists. (laughs) Okay, and this is a formal structured debate. How again? And he's just, it's not working. I'm not going to have a part of this, especially when you first insult me, use uh, profanities, blaspheme God, and say, you have a chance to defend your faith. Whenever you turn it down, Jesus cries. And doing all kinds of stuff like this just to manipulate me and go after my pride. And one of his accomplices is saying, oh yeah, you can do it. You can come on here and talk and present your case uh, no. <laughs> I've seen you right. in action, so I'm not going to trust any of you. And so many times they're going to, uh, let's see, what will people think if they know you're creationists? And then the labeling, uh, similar to what we were just saying, you're a homophobe. Wait, I don't phobe any homos. I'm not afraid <laughs> of men or homosexuals. Uh, I'm only afraid of some women, but it's <laughs> <laughs> my wife's listening. <laughs> oh, by the way, this badgering, this guy um, that was trying to get me on his podcast was also directly spreading lies. He said that my wife is dead, which she was surprised to hear. But these they'll label us homophobe, science denier. Uh, and then they'll just use the insulting words or obscenities, any of that kind of stuff, just to label us. What, maybe they think we're going to just tuck our heads in shame and go hide. But those of us who know something, now, I take a, sometimes, I wish I had more time. I've got full-time job plus overtime to pay for the health insurance then I work on selecting and editing and writing introductions and my own articles for my website plus the page. So I wish I had more time, but I have the attitude of 
uh, Duke Nukem, come get some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, you come get some, I might not be there. So, But what they don't like is when somebody who knows something is going to stand up to them. And, okay, you're going to try and manipulate my emotions. I'm spotting it, and I'm not going to go for it. And it's just, uh, I've, I've lived it and been around it so much that I, I'm an old hand at some of this um, emotional manipulation stuff. Uh, also, I'd like to go after the one of my favorites, the straw man fallacy. Yeah, that, <clears throat> there we go. We've got the same list. <laughs> that was my very next one I was going to ask about. Are you on my site? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now part of this list <clears throat> well was uh, kind of copied from your site. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I added a bunch to it, but yeah, it, a lot of it was straight from your site. Well, you're talking to a guy who has a site. You might as well talk to him about his site. It makes perfect sense. There you go. <laughs> but uh, straw man, uh, I've borrowed from some of these people. That there are so many straw men in here. Don't light a match. You'll have a conflagration. But there, it's a position you don't hold, and I don't have to defend a position I don't hold. Or setting up something that is not an honest representation of your opponent's position. Now, these atheists and evolutionists love to misrepresent Christians and creationists. And they'll put this thing up and then ridicule it. And, okay, there was somebody years ago... Even though he's dead now, Bernie Kleiben, he's famous for the cat books and drawings and things. They still produce some of this stuff, but they were just weird things. But he had some other books, too, and they were, you're going, what? And one of the cartoons, for some reason this came to mind, there's uh, a man and woman holding a salami. They've drawn a mustache on it and put glasses on it, and they're laughing. And the caption is, people humiliating a salami. (laughs) Okay, you know, in a way, that fits the whole straw man thing. You can build up the straw man, you can ridicule it, you can tear it down, but it has no bearing in reality. It's not my position, it's not a creationist position, and... Unfortunately, I've seen old earth creationists, and I I can name uh, a popular apologist who has actually lied about us and misrepresented us and used a straw man. And we don't have to defend a position we don't hold. I've got to insist that people catch on to that. That's why I keep saying it. But the, the straw man fallacy... You can just catch them when they're building up something, and it's a form of putting words in your mouth. That's another version of it. I don't have right. to do that. And the, these, when you catch these people up on their fallacies and just stop them, uh, they'll often get angry. Now, we discuss sometimes you have to just cut these people off. And you're saying... Some people will, uh, I think a lot of Christians are idolaters. They don't know the Jesus of the Bible. And he sometimes said mean things. 
he was harsh. Uh, for instance, said to the Pharisees, Have you not read? That is a big insult. Of course they right. have read. These are the guys that would memorize the entire Torah. I have a hard time memorizing a paragraph. Yes. And he would do these things to kind of get to them. And he, well, Jesus never said anything mean. Okay, he says, Herod wants to know, well, you tell that old fox. Oh, that's Jesus speaking. Jesus that overturned tables and made a cord of, whip of cords and that sort of thing. So right. he did stand up to people. He did use some harsh terms. He was never unloving because he is God. And yet, sometimes we have to be firm and cut them off. He also said, right at, in that area where they'll, they'll love to go, judge not, lest he be judged. Okay, thanks for taking that out of context. <laughs> Read the rest of it. Do not cast your pearls before swine or give what is holy to dogs. You have to exercise righteous judgment as to when you're casting pearls before swine and giving what's holy to dogs. There's a time that you just have to cut it off because these people love to waste your time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. That was Bob Sorensen, uh, also known as Cowboy Bob Sorensen. Again, his website, PiltdownSuperman.com. That would be the one that most everybody knows about. Great articles. And again, on his site, if you go up to the top, uh, towards the right-hand side at the top is a link, Logic Lessons. There are some great uh, articles in there. The, the, the website is just loaded. It's got all kinds of good stuff. So check it out. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I love you guys. And well, we'll see you next week. Yeah.